0: Welcome to another episode of Disrupt. I'm Bob Holly with Home Healthcare News. Today, we're going to be hearing from the Home Care Association of Florida's Bobby Lolly for an on-the-ground look at the COVID-19 rollout for home care workers. But before we get started, a word from our podcast's sponsor. Want to power up your agency to tackle the challenges of home-based care? Start with Home Care Homebase, the industry's number one software to streamline all your processes so you spend less time on paperwork and more time with the patients who need you. Go to hchb.com powerup and tell us about the tasks that slow you down. You could win a $25 Starbucks gift card just for sharing your thoughts. Make the most of your precious time and get a boost at hchb.com slash powerup. Now let's dive into this conversation. I'm with Bobby Lawley, Executive Director of the Home Care Association of Florida. Bobby, thank you for your time today. I know you have a lot going on right now.
1: Well, thank you for having me.
0: All right. So, the reason I wanted to connect with you is we're seeing a lot of news out of Florida. There's been a lot of media coverage out there about how challenging the vaccine rollout has been for home care workers. And to some extent, I think home health and hospice workers too. So, I think to start, could you maybe walk me through what Florida said it was going to do? What groups were supposed to have early access to the COVID 19 vaccine? And what's actually happening?
1: Okay. And I'm glad you mentioned hospice because it, it clearly, everything that I speak to would apply to hospice providers and caregivers. So yes, if we look at Florida, I might want to take one step back to the federal level. And that was when the CDF, CDC, CMS, and that special advisory panel that was studying how the vaccine should be sent out to the, to the country all of those agreed that home care and hospice providers should be in that first quartile or that first round of vaccinations as they come out but what happened in florida is the vast majority of those vaccines that first level or first distribution went directly to hospitals and it was four or five and then when the second one came it went through went to a few other hospitals. Now, the state of Florida would say that they had allotted about 15% of those vaccines that were going to the hospital was supposed to be used for healthcare workers outside of the hospital setting. And unfortunately, that did not happen. It could possibly be that there was just too little vaccine to go around, and the hospitals used all of it. But we never got our share from the very beginning, is probably the easiest way to say it. And we still are, uh, you know, still the home health providers are just are still without a vaccine. So you
0: say that maybe it's because the hospitals received their share of the vaccine. There was such a need. They used all the vaccine without that Kind of trickling down to home-based care workers. I think I've also seen in the news that some of the individual sites were turning away home care workers, despite a clear mandate that frontline workers should be getting the vaccine. Anybody who directly cares for potential COVID patients, some sites weren't recognizing the types of professionals that belong to
1: HCAF. Yes, exactly, Bob. The stories that come come out or have come to us, they're heartbreaking. You you have a home health aide who takes care of a senior in their home, has been doing it for years, takes that senior, helps them into their car to drive them to a vaccination center, stands in line supporting that senior, gets up to where the, the vaccine is going to be administered. They give it to the senior but they turn turn the home health aid away. Those kind of stories have come to us over and over again. So again, I believe that there is some sort of a blind spot. I can probably attribute it to to maybe the communication or the lack of communication. Clearly, everybody in Florida understands now. Sixty five and older individuals are should be offered the vaccine, but what they fail to realize is that the home health agencies or any healthcare worker has in direct contact with patients are also on that list, but that's being missed over and over again in the state of Florida.
0: As we're uh, talking here on February 11th, what does the vaccine distribution process look like in Florida? You know, how, how many vaccination sites are there? Is there an online registration process? What just, I'm, I'm wondering what the actual mechanism itself looks like.
1: It's still very fragmented. And because the way that Florida went about this, they, they let every local department of health, every county, local county department of health sort of decide how that they were going to approach this. So you have just a multitude of different processes, some largely different, some just a little bit different. One of the things that we realized is that many people thought, oh, the most efficient way would be online registration. And they rushed to create that just to find out that there was a lot of people who did not have access to the internet. And then from a sort of a, a state guidance was that they should probably use, you know, figure out some way to do a phone system. And that seems to have been more successful than, than the online registration processes. At the end of the day, every time that there is an opening at a Walmart or at a pharmacy or some central place in, in that county, there's always too little vaccine for the number of people who are in line who have signed up. And that includes home health workers.
0: Yeah, you mentioned online registration. I I believe that's something we have here in Cook County. Uh, I'm talking to you from Chicago. And a theme here has been people actually cheating the system by one person will register online who fits into the prioritization buckets and then they'll share their kind of confirmation code with somebody who isn't in a high-risk group, and then that person will actually get vaccinated because maybe the original person has. Is that kind of a thing going on in Florida?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Um, and I think, yes, and then I would say, yes, that is happening. And then there's another sort of caveat that, you know, because Florida is such haven for snowbirds that a lot of, Seniors are traveling into Florida just just to because they can e- more easily get in line, so to speak.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, of course, you know the overall backdrop of this vaccine conversation is just the ongoing pandemic itself. Every state is still still dealing with you know new daily infection cases, even though I think a, a lot of the numbers are going down as of late. You know, again, as we, as we talk here on February 11th, what's the, the COVID-19 situation look like in Florida?
1: The numbers are certainly going down and, and, and we can all be so very thankful for that. But there's, there are still a lot of risks out there and the vaccines it just does not seem, if you look at our percentages, it just does not seem that they are flowing as freely as, every, as everybody wants that to happen and again, I'll focus on home health, a big concern that is coming you know, forth to us is that now that seniors are being able to be vaccinated, you have these homebound seniors who are now saying that I don't want any home care worker coming in unless they are vaccinated. And so it causes or it sets up this sort of, you know, trajectory where they don't get the care from the Caregivers and they get sick, and then they have to, you know, they get sick or frail and have to go go to a hospital or something like that. And it simply, you know, could be addressed if we would just target home health workers and get the vaccine to them.
0: And that that kind of challenge to me, if 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 I'm a home care operator and I have clients saying I only want vaccinated caregivers coming into my home, I feel that takes. My current staffing challenges, which I'm probably short-staffed already, now I have to figure out how to track who's been vaccinated, who hasn't been vaccinated, and it probably takes my available pool of caregivers that could go into the home and, you know, chop it in half. That just seems like an incredibly difficult hurdle that operators are facing with, with that kind of demand from clients.
1: Yeah, I have, exactly, uh, because we don't have numbers of home health Providers who have been infected with the virus, but you have to think about it that these healthcare workers are going out and they're seeing six, seven, eight, maybe as many as ten patients a day. So the risk to them of, of catching COVID is very, very high. So you, so again, it's you're losing staffing from that that element by itself. Mm-hmm
0: for everybody tuning in I am speaking with Bobby Lolly, Executive Director of the Home Care Association of Florida. Bobby, you know, there's a couple of different sides to the story here, right? There's the availability of the vaccine for individuals who want it, but then there's also the conversation that home care operators have with their staff on whether they want the vaccine or not. There's a lot of hesitancy out there. Right. There's some outright refusal out there. You know, there's some people saying, I don't know. Should I get it? Should I not get it? And then there's some people flat out saying, I'm never going to get this vaccine. What are you seeing and hearing from caregivers in your state?
1: You know, we're not hearing much about refusals because so few are have been offered. I, I would like to make a point that the refusal rate, if we could use that, was high in the facilities, especially in some of the ALFs and the skilled nursing facilities, there were a large percentage of those caregivers working in those facilities declining or rejecting the, that to happen. What I suspect is that you're not going to see that kind of high level of saying no in the home care sector because all of these, most all of these clinicians who are, are visiting, these seniors uh, in their home, they are basically, they don't get paid unless they go into that home or get into that home or are allowed into that home. They don't get paid unless they do that. And so I think that is going to be a motivation for the home health workers, specifically for home health aid and CNA that we wouldn't see, we, wouldn't, we have not saw in the facility.
0: Bobby, you mentioned you know long-term care facilities, and we were just talking about clients uh, living in their individual homes, maybe only wanting visits from vaccinated caregivers. Are you seeing a lot of facilities in Florida saying your home care worker could only come into my facility if they've been vaccinated?
1: There's been some of those complaints, but as a bright spot, one of the things that we have heard is that those facilities, especially assisted living facilities, have included included home health workers in their vaccination process. They were allowed to do that by the by the Florida the the, the, the state run Department of Health, and many have ta- have done that. So that's a that's a bright spot for those particular providers.
0: I've I've heard a lot of similar stories to how home health, home care, hospice providers have had to form coalitions with maybe some of their health system partners or with some of their long-term care facility partners to get stronger access to the vaccine. You know, I, you've definitely underscored this point throughout the conversation, but while we have you on, I did just want to ask directly, because there's, there's some of our listeners who aren't super familiar with home care. Why is it so important that home-based care workers be prioritized for the vaccine the same as anybody else that's directly caring for, you know, COVID-positive individuals?
1: Bob, you know, if we just look at Medicare and seniors, homebound seniors, if we look at that, just that segment, we're talking somewhere between three hundred and four hundred thousand and 400,000 homebound seniors. Now, that does not include Medicaid, the Medicaid population, or those that are privately paying for home care services. So there is a huge number of seniors that home health providers, that they, they are the lifeline to these seniors. And so, because many of those seniors of that 400,000 plus will never be able to get to some vaccination center and the and home health workers who are going into that home is again their their lifeline and their best chance of receiving a vaccine vaccination and again we want that group of, of uh, caregivers to be vaccinated and thus carry the vaccine to their patients it seems pretty just simple and straightforward you
0: know just just out of curiosity because i know that you're active, not just in, throughout Florida, but on a national level at trying to advance home care related causes as well. Have you you know, heard from peers in other states? Are they dealing with a lot of the similar challenges that you are in Florida?
1: Yeah, I, I think so, especially the larger states. I've talked to Texas a lot, the California. You do have some states that are doing an exceptionally well, Utah, West, West Virginia, Mexico, when I look at that, I am I'm, I'm think it's not so much the size or the number, but more as the approach. When I look at the states that are, are successful, it seems like they did not try to recreate the wheel. It's like they, they pushed the vaccine out to any sort of pharmacy, local pharmacy or whatever, just like they have been doing the flu vaccine for all these years. And that Flow of vaccine out to local pharmacies and healthcare or, or Department of Health seemed to ha- give them an edge up or a, a leg up on getting the vaccine out to the population, whether it was healthcare workers or seniors.
0: Yeah, and that also tracks with some of the conversations that I've had with leaders in other states as well. All right, Bobby, well, we are about out of time for this episode of Disrupt, but while you know you are still here, is there anything else that you'd like to add, anything else that you'd like to say to the home care workers out there, or you know any other topics that aren't related to the vaccine that, that you'd want to bring up, whether that's PPE needs in your state or anything else?
1: You know, Bob, I'll just stay with, with the need for the vaccine, and I would want to communicate to all the healthcare workers in Florida that the tide is turning. We're getting a significant interest uh, from legislators and state officials higher up. And they're finally starting to understand that the home health and hospice direct care workers need a special process or a, a different queue or line or, or some way that they need to be receiving the vaccine and not be rolled in with that large, humongous group of 65 and older, things will get better because the right people are finally understanding the need. I think before
0: we wrap, there is a point that I'd like to make too, and I'd like to get your thoughts on, but it seems like it's so important to get this right now because there are so many unknowns still out there about what seasonality might look like with COVID, what some of the new variants might look like and and how effective vaccines are with those it seems like it's so important to get this process right now because we might have to do it again in the future and you know hopefully home-based care workers are quickly prioritized and get access in any potential future vaccine efforts
1: yeah i think i think the powers that be will realize that that this particular group of workers uh, healthcare workers are incredibly flexible. They, every day, they go into an uncontrolled kind of situation, not like a hospital where things are all structured. And this is a skill set that these workers have. They're flexible. They can change on the dime. And like you said, with the future being so, un- un- so unknown, that's the kind of people you want to yeah. be working with.
0: Well, that was Bobby Lawley, Executive Director of the Home Care Association of Florida. Bobby, again, thank you for carving out 25 minutes or so for us today. I know you're incredibly busy. I appreciate it.
1: Hi, thank you for the opportunity.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Disrupt. For more news and insights on the home health, home care, and hospice industries, subscribe to our daily or weekly newsletters at homehealthcarenews.com. That's homehealthcarenews.com.